0: All right, we're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast, uh, the coldest podcast of the season so far. It, the weather has turned on us, but uh, somehow the Maple Leafs, you know, I want to say, you know what, that was a terrible intro because they really were very up and down this week. But anyways, as always, joined by Josh and Jason. That was, it is cold. It's quite cold. The coldest, coldest podcast of the year, but we're the hottest Leafs podcast around. I don't know. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little weird. Oh well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're off to a we're off to a start. Yep. Similar to the Leafs against Pittsburgh and against Vancouver. Yes. That was <laughs> that for a segue right there. Uh so we got games against Pittsburgh, Vancouver, Pittsburgh, a little weird how that happened. Double back to back homes, which was a little weird also. Return of Matt Murray re- debut of Jordy Ben and I guess a whole lot more. To start off the episode, instead of going through the games first, we're gonna start off. Give us a couple positives and a negative. We each get one negative, if there was that many, if there was three negatives total, but you get as many positives as you want. That way we're not starting off you know, on a horrible foot, but we get uh, the big picture items in. Josh, you want to go first? Me, why, why am I going first? Jason, Jason you want to go first?
1: Sure. Uh, one positive. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just going to stick with one positive. Uh, at least one, two of three. So they got four or six Ooh, points. Yeah. So that is... Yeah, that's a positive, I would say. right? If we do that every week, then that's almost a guaranteed playoff spot and more. Um, another positive is the big four look buzzing. So Ooh. that's a big positive. Um, do we want me to give my negative now or should I allow everyone to no, give their g- positives? Give first? your negative. Um, negative is tied... Between two players, I'm gonna let you guys take the other one though. I'm gonna since you guys admitted you were wrong last podcast or two podcasts ago. I'm gonna say that my negative was Pierre Angball's play this week.
0: Oh, is that fair to say? He did score.
1: He did score, but did, I think his overall play is um, hasn't been good. Especially when you see that little Twitter clip, it's just not a good look. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if anyone saw, but basically gets the puck in the
0: offensive zone and. <laughs> uh just, he had Mitch he had William Nylander in the slot wide open he didn't pass it he held on to it he got hit and he put very little little effort into getting the puck back
1: yeah, yeah and it's like also made no effort to like protect the puck at all either too so
0: yeah.
1: I want to see the uh game seven game five Pierre Engvall where he's like looking to fight guys I don't know if I'm ever going to see he that he also had zero season. points
0: in those games yes but, I would like to add Hey, like if you're <laughs> if you're gonna
1: put up a donut in the in the score sheet, like at least give me something else, right? So um yeah, he's gotta be better.
0: I mean telling Pierre Engval to do that is like telling Mitch Marner to shoot left handed, but okay. <laughs> um Or play uh, defense. Or play defense. <laughs> um I wanna give my negative I <laughs> Hands you were down. supposed to
2: do positive first. I thought that was the whole point. No, start you get positive. One.
0: Okay, but you're starting right with the negative. I'm going to start with the negative, right. and then we're going to transition from negative to negative. We can do it however the hell we want. Um, the negative is just fresh, so fresh in my head. You don't understand. If I don't give the negative right now, you're it's a forget. good one. I'm going to yeah. forget. Okay, okay. And my negative has to be Sandine Logren in the second period of that Penguins Leafs game tonight that happened, the, the second one, I guess we'll call it, the Tuesday night one. Oh my God! That was some of the worst hockey I've ever seen from two NHL players ever. I like. Has there? Have you ever seen a defenseman just totally whiff on more pucks than Sandine has this year? This has been horrific. I don't understand how it's happening. It's not even like, oh, like <sighs> he's. It's a mental. I don't know. I the puck's don't even, just
2: missing his stick. He, sorry, his <laughs> stick is missing the puck
0: exactly and it's it's happened so close together i feel like that maybe happens once in a career it's happened twice now in the past what five six games i want to say that was horrific not only that which led to a goal from Sidney crosby yeah you sent a pizza up the middle to Sidney crosby and he just what a back end that was a treat of a shot there at least they won so but on top of that, they were just they were running around in their own zone. They couldn't get the puck out. Just terrible decision after terrible decision. That was some of the worst hockey I've ever seen in the NHL. But the positive that I have, kind of to piggyback off of Jason, the new line adjustments, Marner Tavares and Kerfoot, because he did play very well, and then Nylander Matthews bunting. I mean, we got to see bunting two goals, Matthews, did Matthews score tonight? Nope. He did not. But he had a goal against Vancouver. Yes. So that was nice. On the power play. Exactly. I think William Nylander must have had a point in there somewhere other than the empty net.
2: I think that was uh, Marner to Matthews on the power play against Vancouver.
0: Possibly, though, against... uh, Yeah, it was. So against Vancouver, he didn't have anything?
2: Oh, did he have a point? Oh, sorry. He might have had a point in that game. Yeah, I think he did.
0: He had a couple rush chances too. I mean, the great thing was about those two lines was that the, the offense, it just seemed to come in waves. And the best thing was one line coming off and then the other line coming on and being able to generate offense, not only off the rush, but as a cycle game as well. So they were terrific. Um, Josh, I'll let you give a positive. I don't want to stomp on it. There's one more obvious one. For so a positive we, or a negative? For a positive one that I don't want to well, stifle. I
2: don't know if mine would be the same as yours though, because okay. my positive is the goaltending so far.
0: I was gonna say that. Okay.
2: I mean, as That's much as we I? ripped on it, like Samsonov has played very well compared to expectation. Steady. I think. Yeah. Eric Schogren, again, he's not guys. He's not a, a NHL goalie. Yeah. He's not like he's a third goalie, but he's not a rotation goalie. No, he he's should. probably not even a, a backup goalie in the league. Maybe he'll eventually be there. Like, I think he could. I think it's possible. But right now, he's an AHL goalie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he didn't play well, but there, he made some key saves in some certain games. And Matt Murray came back tonight and played really, really well. Yes, like he did. I think 34, 35 saves? At the, 36
0: 34, saves? 34, I think, I want to say. And, should have that.
2: And there were some power plays that Pittsburgh had where they were just snapping the puck <laughs> around. And they had a ton of shots. So this this was a very, very good game for Matt Murray. I don't know what the numbers. I'm assuming they're pretty good for him tonight. Like goal saved above mm-hmm. expectation, I'm assuming are pretty good. Uh, yeah. So Pittsburgh, in all situations, had about three point five Is that expected from goals. Natural yeah, from natural statics. so it can be a little skewed to pre shot movements that we talk about. But regardless, the two goals on three and there a half. There was expected, a lot of pre shot. That's probably. I would say that uh, average goalie could have easily let four goals in that game. Yeah. So yeah. give Matt Murray few, credit.
0: Yeah, a few saves where he was just it was. If you're not, if you don't play that if you're not in position before the play happens that could easily end up in the back of the net and it was just a routine save for him kind of thing so I thought tonight he was fantastic we saw more than a few times puck wasn't even out of the end and he was hands on his knees huffing and puffing because the Leafs were giving him such a difficult time um, with the shots on can the I say
2: one negative yeah my negative is your positive Why the line juggling I hate it you know how much Austin Matthews has played the last two games how much? 16 and 15 minutes. Oh my God. So let's just stop with the stupid Keith line juggling. That's it. I'm, I'm sick of it. it's looked good. It, it's looked well. They, okay. Here's the thing it's looked good. I agree. But these guys still had points before. It's not like that's the thing. It, things get skewed in Toronto. They, they were playing not great, but they weren't playing terrible. And if this leads to, like, this switch would lead to Austin Matthews not scoring 50 goals this year. But if anyone cares about that, if they keep this switch the way it is, he will not score 50 goals. I'll put a stamp on that right now. Why do you say that? Because he won't get enough puck touches. Ooh. They won't. It, that line is not going to prioritize feeding Austin Matthews like a line with Mitch Marner would. Okay. Just like the reason that on the quiz tonight, they asked would Tavares score 40 goals with Mitch Marner, and a lot of people said yes. When last two year's, he struggled to score 30 goals. So,
1: is that better for the entire team, though? Or is that better Alston for Austin Matthews?
2: Matthews? Playing 15 minutes is not better for the Leafs. Okay. In, but if we can find a way to get him
1: more minutes, but still have him split up with Mitchell Marner, is that. Although, although it will for sure impact the amount of goals that Austin Matthews no, scores. No, I think
2: the ideal Leafs lineup has those two guys playing together with Bunting and it has Robertson playing with Tavares and Nylander. Okay. If not, again, the. The Matthews thing is just something I stumbled upon, but my bigger issue is Robertson out of the lineup makes no sense. Makes Pierre Engvall should have been scratched ten times over over Nick Robertson, and it's frustrating. So that's another thing that frustrates me. Frustrates me, but again, it's a regular season game, so who cares? But I don't want this line switch to continue with Austin Matthews not playing enough.
0: So, Jason, can you look up if that five-on-five time that he played tonight, Austin Matthews, which was played fifteen fifty-three total? seven seconds shorthanded no power play is that around his average is that below his average for five on five ice time
2: 14 okay. is for sure below his average he for played five on
0: 1553 well 1546 at five on five
2: 15 four, yeah that's for sure below his average okay I can tell you right now uh
0: and you got it
2: it's gonna take me a second here
0: okay all good um so my positive that i had with regards to oh my interesting point, piggybacking off of your Eric Schallgren, you got your five-on-five number? Yeah, so
1: he's actually averaged 50, 40 to 15 minutes and 42 seconds at five-on-five five this year, 16.06 last year, 16.39 the year before, 16.26 the year three, prior. two years before. So, yeah, your prior. so
0: Knight was just below his five-on-five five yeah, average okay, that's fine. thing. So but that's interesting. I mean, like John Tavares only played 13.40, and he had himself a pretty good game, right? Yeah. William Nylander, 16.30. These ice times are a little bit weird. But that's mainly uh, like... Is this, uh, uh, it, this might be wrong, but uh, it looks like Alex Kerfoot led the Leafs in, in Leafs forwards in ice time. It's, it's total it's, ice time. <laughs> it's probably because also they had no power plays. No power plays, very, three very penalty end. kills. So. They had no power plays, and the power play that they did get, they played the second power play.
1: Yes. So right about
0: that, yes. <laughs> that also kind of juggles it right there. But what I did want to say, what, your point about Eric Schalgren, he's not quite a backup in the league yet. Like he would be very bottom of the league in terms of backups. The one thing I do actually agree with that, he could maybe one day become an NHL backup. Like, I think his physical skills are okay. They're not the greatest, but they're okay. The big thing that kind of kills him right now is his pre-shot, his reads, and like his pre-shot reads are not very good at all. We saw in more than one occasion against Vancouver, they should have had like more than two goals in that game. I mean, that Brock Besser crossbar, he was not in position on that one. Brock Besser moved to his right, He's a right-handed shot. He moved to his right, and he was able to put it past Shulgren's glove hand and off the crossbar. That could have been a goal right there. Brock Bester's a fantastic shooter, too. Um, On another occasion, it was Connor Garland had the puck around like the top of the circles, and he ended up biting because he lost sight of the puck, and then he was on his knees, and luckily Connor Garland shot it right at him. There was another play. Puck went across the ice. It was a one-timer. Luckily, they missed because he was nowhere near in position right there. Like... A lot of these plays, it was like, it wasn't physical. That physical limitations, it was his reads, and I mean, that's something that could get better with age. I mean, I know he's twenty six right now, but you can always get better with your reads, right? So that is something to keep in mind, like down the road. I don't, I don't think Charl- charlgren's going to be a big part of the goaltending duel, but just, just to keep in the back of your head, right there. Um, Jason, did you have a positive?
1: Yeah, I had I said um, the. Do you have another big one? Big four. Um, uh, did we talk about Jordy Ben? No, we didn't. That All right, let's next one. let's talk about Jordy Ben then. Holy uh, I feel like you guys can do a better job for than me because I only got to watch tonight's game. I wasn't able to watch the Vancouver game. I was at a wedding, so um, I heard great things of about him though. So he, if, I'll, he took I'll that one penalty, but
0: I mean, game-winning goal. He was able to. It was a he surprisingly for a guy that's like a big rugged. Doesn't get a lot of points. Likes to jump up into the plays. And I mean, two, first two games as a Toronto Maple Leaf, two points, right? He had one one assist tonight. Yes, I was correct on that. Two primary points, too. And I mean, he fed John Tavares on the goal tonight, but then also he went straight for the net. How did he score against Vancouver? Was able Saw that off the cycle, they, they were a defensive lapse by Vancouver's players. He just went straight to the net and bang, pots in an open goal. I mean... He and on top of that, there was a play on the penalty kill, huge block where it was a big scramble, huge block goes the other way on a two on one, gets a couple good chances. I mean, he was very noticeable tonight. A nice little plus two, three shots on goal, six hits. I mean, Josh, you want to explain the Ilya Labushkin theorem? Jason, you want to explain?
1: Well, I don't know the pretty. Pretty self-explanatory, I think. There was a hole that clearly needed to be filled last year uh, before January, whatever, 13th, 16th, whatever date that we (laughs) trade for Ilya Labushkin. Um, There was clearly a hole that needed to be filled when Jake Muzzin was out, and even with Jake Muzzin in in the lineup, right? We needed that physical presence on defense, a big body who the other teams just don't want to like chase against don't want to go into the corners against you know we needed that don't want to stand in front of the net exactly to stand in front of the net against Clear he saved a goal
0: today in front of the net jordy ben yeah, on top on top of the one i mentioned yeah. yes he did yeah
1: just a hound in front of the net and we got the lubushian
2: that was perfect we solved that problem and then this year we had the same problem so, but it's also this is this type of player that you have to acquire is not going to have good like underlying numbers. No, he's not going to have good stats. That's because he's going to be put in terrible positions. Mm. Similar to David Camp's raw numbers, right? Yeah. They're they're not going to be great. Mm-hmm. Jordy Ben's stats are not going to be great. You're going to look at charts and it's going to be not good. Just like a lot of other players who are considered defensive defensemen in the NHL. But you you see the difference when somebody, like you said, can protect the front of the net, can be a little physical. Like these things clearly matter. Mm-hmm. You need guys who have experience playing in. Not that Jordy Benz played in the toughest minutes throughout his career, but experience playing in his defensive zone, experience mm-hmm. just being a bit of a pain in the butt to play against. So,
1: or how about just archetype of being a defensive defenseman, which at yeah. least have one of, and he is currently hurt. Yeah. And I wouldn't even categorize like TJ Brody as like a yeah. defensive defenseman because he's like kind of a he kind of kind a of does, different way. He does he does in a lot of football. things, yeah. you know. Like he does more than he's not just a defensive defenseman. You know, I think we need well, yeah. someone who is like. Emphasis of their game is like, hey, I'm good in my own zone. That's my identity.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if TJ Brody was back tomorrow, I don't think it would be Jordy Ben coming out of the Sani, line. Rasmus I mean, it, it would be Rasmus a
2: hundred percent. Like you disagree? What did I say last? You podcast? said it. I, we said you were right though about that. Last last week we said that Jeez, he's, he's on a heater with these. He's on a heater, right except like we're just ignoring that he's like the angle guy and he's like the worst player on the team. This well, hey, <laughs> did I did I
1: say that he was going to be an absolute stud or did I say that he could play center at some point this year? You're season? right. You. <laughs>
2: You no, You said a- he was
0: useful, and then you the, the first point that you made was he could play center. He play center. You
2: he plays in a very convoluted way. Backed into the correct point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fell ass backwards into that one, but yeah. So in terms of, do you guys want to get? It? Uh, I don't think we have any other points. To you be guys made don't seem this. as bothered as me about Nick Robertson, though. Um, it's we more- ran out of, we ran out of negatives, I guess. <laughs> we can get into that pretty soon. I mean, do you have any other positives, I guess? Positives? Nope. Said that, nope. Well,
2: but. Michael Bunting got off the schneid tonight, which there is good we are. to see. Because yes. we really needed that. And
0: if you follow too. us on Instagram, that was that was our uh little prop that we had for the game. Over under a point in, uh sorry, a half a point. And he was able to get two. So actually two goals. Three points. So that was really good to see. I mean, it was just it was Looking a little bit rough for Michael Bunting. I mean, I believe against Vancouver, he had under 12 minutes time on ice total. Like, that's uh thirteen nineteen against Vancouver. Oh, at Vegas, he had ten fifty three. So, you know, it's been not a great start for Michael Bunting, but what better way to get off the Schneid than a three-point night, giving him nine on the year, nine and 17. We're starting to build some momentum there, right? But, yeah, that was awesome to see. Um I think in terms of positive, I don't know. Don't really have too many other I like I, I know
2: the pairing played poorly, but I st- still see I can see, see some linear improvement in Timothy Lilligren's development still.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: Tonight with Sandine was bad, but yeah, was I I would terrible. give a majority of that to Sandine's play, I would yeah. say. Can we
1: talk about Sandine for a bit then? Yeah. Sure. Just, just cuz I want to talk about like I don't know, I just I don't know if this is just because I saw something on Twitter right before we are about to record this, but I saw someone comparing Rasmus Sandin to Travis Dermot. I think that's incredibly unfair. I think that's incredibly unfair. They were saying how it was like a a meme, I guess. But anyways, I just think Rasmus Sandin this year, it's like it's only been 17 games. He's played on both sides, didn't have a training camp. Like he's never played on the right side before. So it's like we're kind of not putting him in the best opportunities to succeed. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I meant after. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just just saying we're not giving him the best opportunities to succeed. If we're going to try him out on the right side, we have to be prepared for him to make mistakes because I don't know how you can tell someone who's played on the left side almost their entire life to just simply switch and be like okay with it. Like if the same thing would happen to a forward who's playing left wing or right wing, your breakout would be different, but it's much more magnified because you're going to be in your own zone creating these problems or at the blue line creating these. Um, mishandles with the puck just because you're not used to the proper way to corral it along the boards or to position your body so that you can create the next play. It's just, and I I don't know. I just think that give, give if we're going to try him out on the right side, give him some time. Like, and I know people, it's not people's choice to put him there, but like, Hey, the team has decided to do this. We shouldn't be crucifying the guy 17 games in when he's had literally not only no stability with, like playing the left and right side. He played the left side tonight, which is kind of why my point is kind of silly because he made a colossal later tonight. But I think it, it furthers my point because, again, no clarity of, as to where he's playing, no real identity, no identity with his partner, who is of his partner has been, right? So, yeah, like cut him some slack. That's, that's That sounds
2: eerily similar to the start of a career of another Leafs defenseman who was left-handed who was forced to play both sides, Travis Dermott. Maybe that's the point they're trying to make, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe not in a play style comparison, but in terms of Dermott came up, played left side, looked pretty good on our third pair, and then we asked him to do a little bit of the right side, move up in the lineup, move down in the lineup, and then he didn't look as good. And then he never really developed properly. So in that way, I could see that comparison. But in terms of we have to trade him for a third-round pick, that's crazy. Yeah. right. I'm saying in the way that they've, they're being developed and brought up, is there that many differences right now? No.
0: Mm, I guess not. Nah. I mean, Travis Dermott did suffer a major injury, and so did Rasmus Sandin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Travis Dermott had a sh- big shoulder injury, and that impacted his next year. And Rasmus Sandin's coming off of a torn ACL. So I was trying to say no, but wait, that, uh, that really backfired on me, didn't it? But uh, I don't
2: disagree. Like, but, again, there's no room for him to play on the left side unless someone gets injured. So what other choice is there?
0: And he did play left side second pairing, but it was with Justin Hall, so that was a little bit, a little bit tough. Something flipped like,
2: for him this year, though, because I thought he started the year first five, six, seven games fine, and he was really playing 40, pretty. Yeah. You think no, it's less did. than that?
0: I think it was less. Okay. For some reason, I think it was less. I don't know why, but, but I can't. I can't give you a, a game number, but no. I, I, I don't know if it was as many as five. But yeah, he did start pretty well. I thought on the third pairing again. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's been a weird stretch for him, and it it looks very mental because it's certain plays where it's like jumping up when you should and mishandling a lot of just mishandling of the puck, and he's a good puck handler too. So it's like I don't I don't know what uh, what's going on there, but uh, hopefully he snaps out of it. Really, right? I mean,
2: yeah, I think he will eventually, but now I don't know. Projecting forward the how this is all gonna f- fit together. And that's a conversation we can have later. Where do you
1: think where do you think he ranks among regular defensemen in expected like when I say regular, I mean like not Philip crawl in like expected goals for and Corsi 4 for defensemen on the Leafs?
0: On the Leafs?
1: Like per total. Uh, you percentage. Expected goals for percentage. Not good. <laughs> he is second. Behind Mark Giordano. So it's obviously a little bit of quality of competition there. But a lot. at least, at the very least, he's showing like there's those but I underlying think like
0: also anyone that plays third pairing defense for the Leafs is going to have good underlying numbers because you're going to get a lot of Austin Matthews.
2: Yeah. He has better numbers right. than than Lilligren so far.
0: Yes. Yeah. But Lilligren did have to play first right. pairing with yes. Morgan Riley. Yeah. Yes. So that's where like you have to take a look at a lot of context of what's going on right so that's where i the other thing that really
2: hurts him is like he just is morgan riley-esque defending the rush like it's just an automatic zone entry every time against them yeah and that's i think that's hurting him right now as well so like you're when you're you're, when you're not doing the things that you're doing you you normally do well well Mm -hmm. like and you're still continuing to make some bad mistakes in your own
0: and that's why it's now it's like starting to be a It's been a lot of like he makes a mistake early on and then it just kind of snowballs. And I feel like that's because Rasmus Sandin's game, he's not a big defenseman. When you're 5'10 as a defenseman, to be able to play offense well and defense well, and on top of that, he's not the most graceful skater. He's not the fastest skater out there. It's a lot of smarts. It's a lot of good puck handling, pretty decent shot, right? So in that type of defenseman, for them to be successful, you have to be aggressive, you're not going to be able to take away the blue line every time, but guess what? You're going to have to step up and use your low center of gravity to knock someone a few times. But that involves taking that risk and going after someone. That involves moving the puck into dangerous areas and having to you know, be very accurate on your passes. And when it's not going right for you, and you've had kind of a, like, you missed all of camp, like, you had that contract dispute, like... I feel like it's a mental thing for him where it just once one thing goes wrong, it just snowballs.
1: Yeah. And he also took his deal kind of out of the blue, right? Like we It wasn't out of the blue, they
0: had two injuries. Yeah. Well that's what I mean. It was was like like, uh, it was like these guys are hurt,
1: let's play. Like, but he's also again only on he's on a two year deal. Never mind. What am I saying? Yeah, he's on a two year
0: deal. It's not it's it's not he's gone after this one. Yeah. But
1: still an RFA too. It's not even I yeah. was just saying maybe mentally he felt like the pressure of the a one year deal, but now he doesn't. Not nothing.
0: Nothing there. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh comparing Rasmus Sending to Travis Durant. I didn't think there would be I thought ah that was stupid, but I didn't think there'd be so many parallels with one another. It's uh kinda interesting, I gotta say. But yeah. Um
2: Do you still think as of this moment, like in the off season you guys said he's worth a first round pick? Do you still think he would be worth a first round pick in a trade oh,
0: right now no it would be uh i think a second
2: we'll see right? but do you feel him kind well, of like let's say let's say brody comes back and he is scratched like oh. is it kind of like a squeeze out almost like again and he's just gets sick of it like it's interesting these are questions worth asking because the leafs are currently in complete roster flux and luckily they're playing well like much better now mm-hmm. so it's not a huge crisis but they have a lot of things that are going to Need to be solved as the season goes on, right? So,
0: yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting questions here. I gotta say, because the other thing is, like, I think a good opportunity would have
2: been if he got more first power play Mm -hmm. minutes. It would have helped his confidence a lot. Is he getting any power? Yeah, he's but they took him off for a little bit too for Giordano, if I remember correctly
0: maybe it wasn't for long not man. for long i don't think it was for very long not for long cuz we were pumping his tires saying he has the same amount of power play points as morgan riley at one point that's certainly not the case that's anymore. not the case anymore My, morgan riley's got Picking a, lot up of a power ton plays. of assists oh yes how many assists he he's he he's up 13 there 13 or
2: 14 assists
0: oh yes he had two tonight 23 12 and so that gives him zero goals somehow but i think that's it says twelve and sixteen, but I don't know how accurate that is. Anywho, yeah. Um, did we want to get into any individual games? Yeah, let's get into them.
2: The game tonight was crazy. Like after playing some really good defense for a, a couple games in a row, tonight kind of, understandably so. They were like
0: patchworking without Brody, and then tonight you could really. I got feel- hit with a, a Kunitz take tonight. Kunitz like take tonight. What I say to you oh, yeah. during the first period.
2: You said the Leafs have been playing really well defensively.
0: <laughs> and then what happened in the it second? Was it was probably the craziest per- <laughs> was period of the The biggest gong show I've ever insane. seen. But it is true. I mean, Eric Schalgren gave up five goals in two games on Friday and Saturday. I didn't think he played very well in either of those games. But guess what? He didn't need to. The Leafs, on top of that, were in the 20s for scoring. Well, they're second in the Atlantic coming into this game, I want to say. can't remember exactly. Second in the Atlantic coming into this game. They're typically a high powered offensive team. They have TJ Brody injured, Jake Muzzin injured, and they were in the 20s ranks for scoring. So, how do you end up second in the Atlantic when your offense isn't working? Riddle me that. You know, why X? Could it be because of
2: the defense was pulling its way? There we
0: are. Y equals MX plus B. There we are. Solve for. Next or whatever. Anyways, math. math, big maths, guys. But yeah, that's I, I thought that was going into this game, and then this game was just complete. Completely took that take and threw it in the garbage briefly. But third period they played well. Third period I didn't think they gave up too much, uh, and they pr- locked it down pretty well. And they ended up with the W. So they uh, they almost pulled the Leafs in this one though. <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of crazy. They came out pretty flat against Pittsburgh and on the Friday, then they had a crazy second period. I thought they played extremely well second period. A lot of chances coming off the rush. Uh, I thought Casey DeSmith had to make some good saves. Going into the third period, it was 2-2. You're on home ice Friday night. Big ticket game. I thought it was so disheartening that they came out as flat as they did in the third and then scored the weakest goal for the game winner and weren't able to recuperate, and then on top of that, they carried that over to the Saturday. And if you were watching that live after those, you go down two zero like that, you had to be thinking, "Oh my god!" Especially with TJ Brody injured.
2: I was uh, I was at that game. It was probably one of the worst periods I've ever seen the Leafs play in terms of like just doing terrible lazy things all up and down the ice like i know the stats probably didn't reflect that much but the crowd yeah. was very disinterested after that first period very very disinterested shots
0: were like 7 7 8, eight something yeah. like that and the like leafs s- had i
2: think two power one power play in the first Some period one like power like play that, at yeah. the end yeah and it was not a good one and the, yeah and they yeah 16 to 19 uh like losing the Corsi battle it was a, it was a bad period not good. like it was Especially because Vancouver is probably the worst team in the league right I don't know. Is that rude to say it to Vancouver? They're one of the worst teams in the league right now?
0: Um, in terms yeah. of standing-wise, like standing wise, I'm yeah. actually not sure. But from the way that they played against the Leafs, I mean, it was just... And even tonight, I think, what, they gave up four or five goals? Four goals to uh, the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, they are easily one of the worst defensive teams I've, I've seen this year. Yeah, they're bad. This is... It's, it's an atrocity. Vancouver is... They've got a 382 win per point percentage. So that's 5, 9, and 3. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Huh? But I I remember you were telling me today... like What was your point about Vancouver's D? Outside of Quinn Hughes. They have uh, five guys who can't
2: really move the puck. And their <laughs> one guy who can move the puck is... No offense to Quinn Hughes. like Probably the smallest guy on the ice in every situation. Mm-hmm. So if you're a team and you're a, a coach... Trying to design a forecheck. check. It's basically just go as hard, maybe with two guys at Quinn Hughes and make him dish the puck off, make a safe play to his partner, and then force him to make a bad play, which we saw. I saw Luke Shen turn the puck over more than a couple times. So, <laughs> like, you, if you, again, if you can just a- avoid Quinn Hughes transporting the puck through the middle of the ice and make any of their other
0: defenders do it, you're probably in a, in a good spot. Yeah. So it was funny. Like, they didn't defend the blue line. It wasn't even like, oh, they didn't defend the blue line well, and then. The other team was able to get ozone time. No, it was like they didn't defend the blue line well, and then the other team was behind their defenseman and had a chance. Like, off the rush, they were horrific. On the cycle, they collapsed down very well. They collapsed down. They cover the them. net. Yeah, they collapsed down to the net very well. Here's the issue with that. If you just cycle it around them and just literally merry-go-round it, round and round and round and round, they've got some forwards that are absolutely horrific at defending and they will lose their man, and you just have to move one guy into a scoring area, and bam, goal. I think the Leafs scored two or three of their goals like that.
2: I have a quick Vancouver take, by the way. Go ahead. Uh, Elias Peterson should not be a center. Oh. Why is that? He's not good at it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. like hes I would say like him, Nylander, in terms of where they would probably fit better it's a very similar conversation he can play the center he's mm. comfortable in the middle of the ice he should be playing wing though
0: mm. okay
2: that's my my opinion
0: is it defensively or yeah. it's mainly defensively i mean it doesn't help when you got jt miller locked up for a long time like that too because but he like
2: peterson's a really really good player yes for
0: him to again very talented he would be much better
2: served converting into a knee-lander role, where he's like, "Okay, I'm playing the wing. I can concentrate on playing the wing. I can transport the puck up and down the ice. I can be a little more selfish offensively. I don't have to hang back as much." Mm-hmm. And I think I think that would serve him pretty well because if I'm not mistaken, his last couple years at five on five have not been very productive.
0: I know for sure it's been like he's had, he's been hot and cold. I know the there was that COVID. Semi-bubble year, he was like he was injured most of the year. Last year, he started off horrifically, but then he finished very, very hot. So it's been a, a very, very fluc- fluctuating, flux-y, fluxy nightclub type of few seasons for Elijah Patterson.
2: And then the other thing I was going to say is, like, Bo Horvat. I know he's scoring a ton of goals, but he's their best shift-by-shift player oh, when yeah. you watch them. And he would be a fantastic addition to the Leafs. Just fantastic.
0: anyone really I mean when you look at it but yeah um all three Leafs goals were off of breakdowns I mean Matthews was on the power play but Engvall it was just cycle 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 crash cycle 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 crash and then Jordy Ben I mean Jordy Ben just slipped down unannounced nobody near him and potted into the back of the net like Spencer Martin is a good goalie I thought he had to make a lot of good saves in this game I mean John Tavares and then John Tavares, along the boards, bullied the Canucks. I mean, he had at least 10 takeaways. Issue was half of them went to the other team, but he was winning puck battles and throwing his ass around like no tomorrow.
2: Also, I understand their thought process. I know we're just ripping
0: on Vancouver here, but whatever.
2: But uh, Ekman, Larson, Myers pairing at this point in the, both of their careers is not good.
0: <laughs> uh, I think not good would be an understatement. It's uh, it's rough. It's
2: That's their main pairing they use, though. Like it really is, like, yeah.
0: And then Stillman Bear. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know. It's all right. It's whatever. Not really much, much to it. But it's kind of crazy that, like, the goalie stats are going to be terrible by the end of this year for this team. Yeah, and they have two goalies goal that are solid. Solid. I agree. I really like what I'm seeing from Spencer Martin. I haven't seen him that that much, but I, I I've liked what I've seen from Spencer Martin. He moves so well. He's not the biggest goaltender, but he challenges really well, and his skating, his edge work is really, really good. And then on top of that, Demko is a monster. He's so fast. His post work is so good. His numbers this year are horrific, though. Yes, I know. But which is, which issue, is again, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not putting most of that on I don't think on it's on him. him. So. I mean, I have heard, like, he this season, this off season, he did have major surgery. So that does impact you. It did impact the way that his offseason went, his training and everything, but it, it hasn't been him. Like, they've just been so doggy doo doo in front of them, it's insane. But Luke Shen credited with twelve hits in that game against Toronto. Yeah, it
2: makes sense because they were cycling around on him. He was also just because never had the. He pop, was going right? out of his way to hit guys too. Yeah. It was like putting himself out of position too. It was
0: pretty gotta, funny. Got to pad those stats, right? So also, yeah, that's good enough for Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> one assist, twelve hits, one, sh- one, one assist, one shot on goal, twelve hits, two blocks. And two takeaways for Luke Shen. But yeah. yet he was awful. Well <laughs> he again, the, the Leafs had You're the You're way puck. overplaying him. The Leafs had the puck
2: in Vancouver zone, the majority of the time he was on the ice,
0: unfortunately for him. So yeah. but yeah. The Friday Leafs game wasn't I don't know. A little up and down, not the, the hottest.
2: Yeah. They it took him a while to get going in that game, really. Again. Oh, but very much so. They had some chances that they didn't convert as well in that game on the power play. And
0: then Nylander eventually Mm -hmm. did score a power play goal on like a
2: very close one-timer from Riley to Nylander on the flank.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. And then uh, Zach Aston Reese. Against his old team. Against his old team. He was very fired up for that one. Because if you remember last year, he was getting paid a little bit, way too much money for Zach Aston Reese's, what he produces. And before the playoffs, at the trade deadline, Pittsburgh traded him away. When they were pushing for the playoffs,
2: which is wild,
0: that's gotta hurt. That's yeah. really gotta sting. And then he wasn't even flipped again, so he was just on the shitty Anaheim Ducks to end the year. And then you end up at home and you're a free agent. Like that really had to to sting, sting for him. Yeah. So good to see him get one, and good to see him. I mean, he's been that line has been very productive. Uh, that
2: was another positive we didn't mention. I kind of like the way that fourth line is right now. We talked about it last week. Mulligan's playing his role well on the fourth line.
0: How about that that play? Got called a high stick when it really shouldn't have. Oh, no. That was that part was just <laughs> Just to back it up all the way. Yeah. Mallig's own entry gets it to David Camp. David Camp ripped that on Casey DeSmith so well so that it hit him, went straight up, and Casey DeSmith had no idea where that was. Noted goal scorer, David Camp. And Dennis Malligan hits the puck. Hits the puck hits Chris Letang in the face. And Malgin gets a penalty for high sticking. And the dumbest part about all of that is they can't review that unless the refs are looking for a double minor, which they weren't, so the Leafs end up on the PK. Yes. Imagine losing that game because of that.
2: That would have been... And you know what? They moved around pretty good on that power play, too. Yeah.
0: They zipped it around. Just, on, like, it... W- <sighs> some of these, Some of these rules, I tell you, with this stupid sport, but... Yeah, that was insane. But yeah, the fourth line is really—I mean, after after we've seen some brutal fourth lines for the Leafs, especially the one at the beginning of the year—and now all of a sudden, Malkin's really—they—they they gave him a role, and he's really excelling in it. For sure. I mean, this isn't like he's not a sixty-point second-line winger. But you got to give him his flowers. He is—he is, he is really. We didn't pushing. think he
2: could do that, but I mean evidently.
0: Yeah, evidently when you put players with certain inefficiencies to them in a specialized role, they can excel they can excel, right? Yeah. Makes sense. So,
2: definitely yeah. a plus EV player for us this year compared yes. to contract. For sure. Yes. Yes. Which As is opposed to a couple for. players playing one lineup and then, like Cal Yarcrock's been disappointing. I think that yep. goes without saying. Pierre yep. engvall has been yeah. disappointing. That goes without saying, and those guys make Three or four times as much as Malgin, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, Yarenkroch's been a little more noticeable the last two games, but yes, overall. Well, I'm sure even he would say
2: he'd like to produce a little better than five points in 17 games. Yeah. So.
0: Who's even? And then. Yeah, it doesn't help that they've had a rotating door. He's played.
2: He's basically played on a different line every single game too.
0: But yet. He's been playing on the third line all year. But it's just a different third line every single How game. crazy is it that the rotating door is at third liner? Call it, quote-unquote, the third line. The th- rotating door has been on the third line, not the fourth line. Yeah. <laughs> it's odd, honestly. I, think, I don't know what the final product will look like, but
2: yeah. it changes every week. It's not even worth project- projecting because it does change every single week. Every so
1: single let's look ahead right now because I like to always look ahead. It's uh, we're a month and a half away from January, and that's Kyle Dubas's favorite month to trade for a player. If there's a player that you are targeting at center, can you think of any
2: of the top? Yeah, Ryan the O'Reilly line? and Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Yeah. What do you mean? All right, let's do it. The
0: Blues it. are picking it up. so.
2: Yeah, but that's a name that was floated this week, though. That's why. Yeah. Ooh. You didn't see that, eh? I did not. Yes, it was.
0: I was busy doing other things. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that.
2: But, but I, I really, I've been saying this for a long time. Like the the piece to close in this forward group is a third line center, a legitimate third line center who could also be a second line center, hypothetically, right? Like a yeah. legitimate
0: guy. I so. mean, Bohorvat and Rhino. If Bohorvat or Rhino Riley are on your third line, that right. is scary. Exactly. That is scary, good because both those guys are terrific hockey players at both ends of the ice. You're not getting a dis- deficiency there. That well, was I, if, what would it take to get? Like well, how I would much of that?
2: Whatever take? it was,
0: I would give it for either of those guys. Do you have a guess? Yeah, two first probably. hundred percent two first because you're going to have to re- retain two first, the
2: roster player and probably a prospect. Probably so we, a
0: double retain too.
2: Pause. I think I don't think Muzzin's coming back, so I think they could do a one retain and figure it out.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that actually makes sense because they do have about five and a half. I think it's from what
2: they sent down today. It's less from who I don't know how that worked out. What, say that again. Like, what's their cap space right now? Uh, it's probably because of Wayne Simmons.
0: How much is the cap space, though? Uh,
1: 2.165 mil.
0: Yeah. Oh. I don't know. And, and, they yeah. can
2: figure it out and make it work, though, with, yeah. with Muzzin out.
0: For okay. sure. I think it would be two firsts. Two firsts oh. and prospect. They're top all, prospect.
1: They're carrying extra, like... Oh, salary because of injured reserve, not long-term injured reserve. Oh, so Brody, yeah. Samsonov, and Kyle Clifford are all on injured reserve, which are totaling seven million
2: dollars. That's not on the current roster, but it is, but is counted. Well, sorry, towards n- count, it's yeah. on the roster.
1: Yeah, on, not not counted towards contra- like a, so a contract. Like so, to be clear, two
0: point six isn't the actual cap nope, space. If they, they were to try to p- trade for a player today, like it, or sorry, if they were to try to trade for a player at the deadline, it will not be. You no, won't they, have they that many I think guys it'll in. be
2: around three and a half to four. If I'm doing yes. this math correctly, okay. when you send guys down and bring back Brody and Samsono, okay. yes, probably yeah. around there. Um, okay, yeah. And I think there's a good chance if you're trading for a forward that Pierre Angoul is being traded the other way
0: for for caps. Curled. No?
1: Listen. Oh, are you shaking? your Listen, head? listen. Pierre Angval. Alexander Kerfoot, Justin Hall. How many times have we said over the past three years that those three guys are likely going to get traded for another guy coming in to clear cap space? Yeah, for I guy? don't
2: think the other two will. I think this year, Engvall. No, be.
1: I I get it, but it's just... This, again, and
2: and the reason why I think is because they signed Yarncroc and those guys can interchange almost.
1: Yes, right? but also Stamp. That's a Stamp guy. Those are all Stamp guys. Okay, we'll see. We don't trade Stamp
0: guys, death, apparently. Death, Taxes. Stamp guys. And Engvall, Hole, and Kerfa, <laughs> right? But... I don't know I mean it Not seemed st- like Jose Calderon was completely different sport but it seemed like Jose Calderon was a a stamp guy for the Raptors and eventually they traded him to keep Kyle Lowry right
2: yes and then the-
1: but who, but uh, messiah jury didn't wasn't the one who acquired him right
2: Messiah jury inherited That's him that is true
0: Messiah I mean Kyle Dubas inherited Pierre Engval. technically
2: correct he was drafted by Dave Nonis. You're right, yeah. <laughs> is Pierre Engle just but, Jose Caldero? <laughs> That's disrespectful to Jose
0: Caldero. It is. Because he was a good player. Very good player. But yeah. It's a conundrum with this roster. This roster is it's like up and down and this and that. And if we declare this guy a citizen of this country and we send we send this guy to Istanbul, like how much cap space can we yeah, it's honestly we crazy. See?
2: We'll see. It, it's too early. to almost look at deadline
0: candidates yeah. because you, think, you don't never think it's too early? Too okay. early. Never, never too early. Never too early. We're in November. This guy's saying never too early. Okay. Yeah. All I, right.
1: What? Well, one more thing I want to get off my chest. Who did, Who makes the schedule? Because the Leafs play the Penguins three times in November, and that's it. And then they don't play the Penguins again all year.
0: Well, also, they, had, they played a back-to-back yeah. both on home ice. Yes. I thought that – the The Saturday home ice, oh, it, the ice is going to be better. No events in between. It's just hockey. No, the no, ice is the just ice bad. Is terrible. It's just bad. You saw it was bad watching on TV. It was. I really thought it was bad. bad too. It was. It was yeah. very bad. And you want to hear another weird kind of thing? Saturday, November nineteenth, the Toronto Maple Leafs play the Buffalo Sabers at 7, p- seven p.m. Do you know what's going on at one thirty p.m.? I believe the Toronto Marlies are playing on that ice. There's no. I'm like ninety percent sure. No way. That they're playing a p- another professional hockey game on that same ice. I mean, when you think about it, they do have to do it for the World Juniors, but like that, it doesn't seem like a lot of time in between. So,
2: no? Not at all. Not at all.
0: I don't, I want to see this. This can't be. I believe you. But I got. I got a notification about it today. I'm like, you're right. One thirty,
2: Scotiabank Arena, the Marlies against the Abbotsford.
0: Wow. That That's, is interesting.
2: There must be a concert going on at Rico or Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. Coca-Cola?
0: oh, so the Marley's getting kicked out. I don't know. I thought maybe, oh, there's a concert. No, it wouldn't even matter. Anyways. I, I have a, I have a question for you yeah. guys.
2: Um, Just again about the Pittsburgh Penguins, The Trinity of Terror, Saturday, November 19th at the Re- <laughs> no. at the Coca-Cola Center. No. <laughs> um.
1: So, so far this year, uh, Tristan Jarre has been not as good as Casey DeSmith, right? Not not, not as numbers good. Numbers-wise. Numbers-wise, yes. And But K- Tristan Jarre played more games, nine and seven respectively. How do you feel about the Penguins starting
2: DeSmith against us twice? Hmm. Is that a sign of, like, disrespect? No. Why, no, why? Is, would that not just be an alternating game May, schedule? Y- you know what? You're right. Maybe that is what it is. I don't know. I just, like, it was DeSmith,
1: Well, Jari, I mean, DeSmith De
0: Smith. at a 9-16... Yeah. Well, played well against the Leafs on the Friday, too. I Absolutely. don't know if they had a back to back Friday, Saturday. They, they did have
1: a back to back Friday, Saturday.
0: So, I mean, if he beat the Leafs on the Friday, then you might as well start He's in the got next a 9 16. Your yeah. other goalie's got Fair
2: a 9 And your other goalie gave up five to Montreal on the, and lost in overtime. Fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. I was just, again, <laughs>
1: just throwing questions. You're saying, out there. What, what, was, what was the. No, just
2: do you feel like. I
1: feel like Casey DeSmith is like. It's, uh, I don't want to say he's the backup, but it's like a more of a committee B. I guess he's the B in the committee. I felt a little. I want a Tristan. Try. I want your best. I want. I want to play the best. I want when teams playing us. When teams are playing us, I want them to play their best players against us. Didn't Dallas think, do that
0: earlier too?
2: Yeah, they, the they teams have been Wedgwood doing that a, a, a lot.
0: They had Ottinger on a second half of the back to back or something, yeah. something like that. It's
2: just because
1: uh, I don't know if this is just a trend that we're going to see in the NHL now, where like the backup is always going to play in the first half of the back to back. But like so far, both times that I, I can I, remember, I think it also
2: backup. seems like. Teams are ma- teams have also made an effort to get feels like better backup goaltending, mm-hmm. and use their better backup goaltending a little more to start the season. I think yeah, that's a smart way to go about yeah. it. Especially too, because, like Tristan yeah. Jari was hurt last year, right? Yeah. 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 Then okay, let's not ride him fifteen of the first twenty games. Let's do like twelve and eight. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great idea.
0: Thank you. Exactly makes yeah. sense. Just, and I mean, just you wondering. did hear Daryl Sutter earlier in the year. I think they've kind of gotten away from that, but they were saying we want Vladar in once a week, and then. When they were
2: on a losing streak, they did Markstrom in back-to-back games.
0: (laughs) And he did not play very well in either. (laughs) So, kind of, I don't know if it backfired, but you can call it a backfire, but whatever. Yeah. Um, But, Jason, I just got to say, I'm sorry, that's kind of a uh, tinfoil hat.
1: No no, 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 not like a tinfoil. I'm just,
0: just wondering. The other teams don't don't respect the Leafs.
1: Is that like a. Are you guys feel slighted by that? That's awesome.
0: No, all. no okay. I mean, when you look into. Dude, we
2: started Eric <laughs> Shulgren like five. Teams like, do you respect us? We have
1: to. <laughs> do, you me to do you want to start Keith pitcherselli No offense to Keith Picciuzelli.
0: I wanted
2: him to get into a game. Yeah, I wanted, to I play wanted
0: a game. him. So after that Pittsburgh game where they fell. F- they fell flat in two of the three periods. They played well, very well in the second period, but they fell flat in two of the, those three periods. They were playing on a back-to-back. I mean, what happens in back-to-backs? You kind of fall flat in the second half of the game. I thought having P- Keith Petrozelli in on the Saturday against a reeling Vancouver Canucks team would really be like a, a lift-up, a pick-me-up for the Leafs. Like, we, this is this kid's first NHL game. Let's really... Band together on this one and play better defensively and put, you know, block more shots and everything. Um, kind of like, yeah, pick me up after a a letdown Friday game. And then when they didn't do it, I was like, I, that's not good. And then they went down early and then, but you know what? They stepped it up. They stepped it up.
1: Yeah. Uh, Going off of what you said though, in the beginning there, it's like the motivation of a, um, of a, of a new goalie, first game bat or first game in, we kind of saw that at the beginning of the Pittsburgh game today, with Matt Murray in that. Because I like you said, the defense played really well, but then
2: yeah,
0: like yeah, Giordano eight blocks. Yeah. They got a lot of blocks. I mean, they just played horrible. D- I mean, I can see what you're saying there. They did block a lot of shots. They did band together. I'm sure they're very happy that was Matt Murray's first win as a Leaf. Yep, but they just played horrible defensively. I think like you can see it in terms of, do you remember last year when they had to resort to Eric Schalgren, the first two games? Yes. They beat playoff teams. Like, and they gave up what one in two goals. Like, I think that was a good example. Garrett sparks his first start, um, in his NHL career. I remember he got like 15 shots against, like you do see it where it's like a, it's a, it's a, band-together, pick-me-up kind of performance. I mean, look at Carolina with David Ayers years ago. Oh, here we go. (laughs) You do see examples of it. But then you have the flip side of it where the Leafs start. Who is that Finnish guy? Oh, he played in Leafs, who's on the Marlies, and then Kaskasuo. And Kaskasuo's, like, first NHL start, he got rinsed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were not playing too well, and they put him in. Oh, my God. That was the worst game I've ever seen. I swear it was, like, on my birthday, too. So (laughs) that was a happy birthday to me from this stupid team. But, yeah, anywho. (laughs) Uh,
2: One thing we haven't mentioned is, like, the litany of defensive injuries that have led to our current defensive makeup. So the update for anyone who wasn't aware, the official update is that Jake Muzzin will be reevaluated in late February spinal issue. Do you think he's possibly done for his career? Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. I believe so. I don't.
2: Do you think he plays another game this season?
0: No. Okay. I think he's I think he's done. It's, it's the the injuries that are they the injuries are really piling up. I mean, it's like it's it's tough. Like it's tough to see.
1: I hope he plays. I want him to play. If he can't play, that's okay. But what I can see this team doing is the same thing as last year, three days, three days after the trade deadline, you
2: bring him back after he gets reevaluated. Maybe he can play plays three games. That would honestly be malpractice this year. No, a, because if you're like doing that, that's terrible. management. And B is like, if, if, if he's able to play in like right after March, I feel like that's also rushing him. Like, you know what I mean? Just let him, just let him, let let him rest as long as possible. Right? Like, if the real evaluation is February and he's good to go in February, leave him out another month. Like, let him that. heal. Yeah. You know? like I, This is not an injury I would rush someone back from. No, So if I not. saw that, I'd be honestly a li- disappointed. disappointed. Like, not only from the management side, but, like, the player, player side. Health responsibility. Yeah, that you player have to responsibility, them, right? right?
1: I don't doubt that he probably wants to play. Like, he doesn't want his career. He's still, like, I know he's obviously older. He's still only 34. Four thirty-five, right like he's still probably to in his eyes in his mind maybe he still has like maybe two or three years left in the tank i think at a Mm -hmm. competitive level um so i think he's gonna want to play but yeah it'll just be up to his body and yeah i don't know because i think that's kind of what happened last year is that he he wanted to play and so they said fine you can play but they really should have just held him out yeah
2: i think we've seen a lot of different examples in different sports of like even if you're cleared by a a doctor Mm -hmm. Mr. Tagovailoa. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I think that was probably a good lesson for a lot of people, right? Like, yeah. the player, number one, the player's always going to want to play. Yeah. There's some rare examples, but the players are mostly going to want to play. But there are scenarios where it's prudent for the management to step in and say, like, look, like even if you're cleared from by the doctor, let's yeah, really think about playing. your personal best interest, right? So that's why I think you make a, a valid point about this. it's a spinal injury. He's had many injury he's had previous injuries to his neck he's had previous head injuries like yeah it might again and we're not doctors. we don't know but no. there's a level of concern here that we've seen from players his teammates that this is obviously a very very serious thing yeah so.
0: i mean just listening to the way that mitch marner's talking it's like I, like the reports were like oh jake muzzin on ir and right away mitch marner was like i just really want him to be okay after he's done playing it's like the hell, IR is ten days. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I here? think
2: it's it's especially concerning when it's not the hardest hit that kind of yeah, got yeah. him. You know, it was definitely a bit blindsight. Maybe he wasn't expecting it, but mm-hmm. I mean, game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, he's going to endure that. It's it's going to yeah, it's going to be rough. So yeah, you think a lot of people do. So
0: yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully he's just okay, like physically.
1: Yeah. Again.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, no need. He, honestly, even if he just sits out the whole year this year and reevaluate in October next year, I, yeah. I have 0. 0.0 issue with that.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. But, yeah. Um, what was the other point we had on the doc? TJ Brody. And then Brody, which hopefully probably. Yes. It's so there are five games? Yeah, the report is it's uh,
1: similar yeah. to the John Tavares injury that. John Torres suffered at the beginning of the season. I think he was up for two, two and a half weeks, three weeks.
0: Yeah. He didn't, he played the first game of the year. Oh, wow. Played wow. against Montreal, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, were, we were ragging on him. And then second, I said that was the worst period of for that second line I've ever seen. And then they had two points that night. Yeah, yep. they had two points that night. So, <laughs> suck it.
1: Uh, I also wouldn't rush him back. TJ Brody, same thing. Just because, like, we don't yeah. have to,
0: right? And I mean, happened. we did see John Tavares seemingly got rushed back. It, I thought he was going to miss like the first half of the month of the regular season. He was back the first game, and I mean, it took him a couple. It, yeah, it, he's been pretty damn good so far. Yeah, yeah. so we'll see. I, 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 that one was more encouraged. It, it sucks to have TJ Brody out because he's been the Leafs' best defenseman. I'll say. Am I am I wrong on that?
2: Nope. He is. Yeah, I agree.
0: Most important, in the very very least, yep. but yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it'll be anything lingering. It'll, it doesn't seem like it'll be anything that'll keep him out too long term. So until he's back, I guess we're we're riding Jordy Ben, <laughs> and maybe
2: even after he's back. Maybe oh, that'll be something. Let's that's not get too ahead. like Jordy Ben even at the peak of his career was playing bottom four five six defenseman. He bit, was so
0: yeah. It, beginning of his career let's look this this up I mean his career arc I mean it's not talked about enough this guy went from junior a to the ECHL did not play at the at university went to the ECHL salmon silverbacks or something like that had to grind his way through the ECHL to the AHL and then eventually finally get an NHL contract I mean he wasn't too old when he first he was 24 but I think he played his overager year in the BCHL and then was able to grind his way up. I can't remember who he committed to, but Jordy and Jamie Ben committed to the same university, and neither of them went there. Mm, Interesting. So I wonder what went down there. Because Jamie Ben got drafted to the Stars, fifth round, I want to say, and then went to the WHL, and Jordy just went to the ECHL. Really wonder what happened with that. I mean... Whoever that coach is, he really fumbled hard. <laughs> Maybe the uh,
1: no nil. It's harder back then.
0: Oh, Man, they'd be <laughs> richer than they'd be. They'd be richer off nil. No, actually, no. It was a low, low, low tier. Alaska. Alaska. Does it say yeah. what happened?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to read quickly. Can't, but yeah. How How do you yeah.
1: play? Like, is that tough playing in Alaska? Like, just travel, just pure traveling for games.
2: He just actually, other- it seems like he just.
0: They both just said nah? Yeah. Huh.
2: They just didn't want to go to Alaska. Signed in the ECHL at the end of his junior eligibility.
0: ECHL and then the def- now defunct CHL. Yeah, it went from AA to the NHL. <laughs> Good for him. Not bad. Not bad. But, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool trajectory. Not one that you see too often. Not one that I would recommend either. <laughs> NCAA, ECHL, you know. Yeah. Both have their perks, I guess. But, um, yeah. Moving forward, do we have the schedule in front of us? Probably not. We're always very prepared with this kind uh, of stuff. I did. I, we, we Devils, Devil's, Devils
2: Sabres, and oh. Islanders. Islanders Monday. Wow. Oh. All at home, winnable. I think this could be a, another five or six-point stretch, four or five, six-point stretch. Just want to do a quick so – Devils will be a tough game. Quick
1: round yes. of applause for the Leafs tonight because they won on a day that we're recording for the first time this season, six weeks
0: oh, in. Oh, wow. That is actually huge.
2: Actually, you know what? Honestly, three home games, but I will say all three of these teams are playing much better than expectation going into
0: Absolutely. the Absolutely. But the Leafs – Well, Sabres were, were, and then – They've dropped off a little they're bit. They're pretty yes. good, though. They're, 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 they're sneaky.
2: They're a regression to the mean.
1: Yeah. Well, they, they at one point I believe it was two weeks ago or last week they were the team with the highest goal scored above expected and the highest goals saved yeah. above expected. I feel like the goal saved above above expected is definitely going to come down. Goal scored, I could see them being like a not continuing this, but like being a, like a middle pack like shooting team. Like they're like their shooting talent is good. Like they have good some good goal scorers yeah. there, and Alex Tuck and uh, Tage Thompson and uh,
0: and like don't sleep. Eric is a good goalie. Yeah. Yeah. That's another I, smaller, smaller goaltender. Really good skating ability. That yeah. can that can really steal a game. I think
1: the only yeah the only problem is I don't trust that team to play well defensively. Not that they have bad defense,
2: but
0: they're not seasoned yet. Exactly. They're they're,
2: they're they're gonna hang those guys out to dry yeah. and
0: they're gonna regress.
2: I'm mostly interested in this Devils game because yeah. in the past the Devils have been like a relatively good matchup for the Leafs because mm-hmm. they also would try to. Like high-flying, not the most respen- respen- responsible team in their own zone. And the Leafs were able to just normally outscore them, or they just play a very high-scoring game. Devils have been much better this year. Um, they're healthy, which is huge, like we talked about. Their decor has played really well. So I'm very interested to see that Devils-Leafs matchup.
0: Not fully healthy.
2: Not, actually, that's a great point because Palat's Dittar, injured. Sorry, Palat is injured.
0: And Mackenzie Blackwood. And Mackenzie yeah, You're right. Sorry. so That's interesting. Yeah. They but v- they're v- still chugging, al- chugging along. And so. they are still paying Jonathan Bernier. God knows where he is, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it, I think it's just an interesting matchup because, again, like we talked about, the Leafs also have not been a very high-flying team this year so far offensively. So mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see some of the tactical matchups in that game.
0: Yep. They beat Montreal tonight in Montreal for Third, or sorry, five and one, and they are thirteen. They beat Montreal five one, and they are thirteen and three on the season. If you care
2: about the fancy stats too, they are by far the best expected goals team in the league this year. Yeah, so. A
0: lot of people are hyping up. They're fun team to watch.
2: So that, I'm very interested to see what's going on there.
0: Yeah, and Jesper Bratt. I mean, the heart love is starting to build. Oh yeah. So that'll be yeah. That is definitely one to mark. And I mean, the Islanders too. I mean, Islanders didn't get much love preseason. Well, except I think, from this podcast. Uh, I was, we we were, were,
2: and <laughs> I think our reasoning might come to fruition in terms of the guy playing goal for them.
0: Mm, well, both. I mean, both, Varlamov's, right. Varlamov's playing pretty well, too. So, I mean, that's to his detriment.
2: How about Matt Barzell's styling? Have you guys seen it this year or no? no? Yes. So he has 18 points. What do you think the ratio of goals to assist is, Joe? Two goals. Lower. He has one goal. Lower.
0: <laughs> he has not scored this year.
2: He has 17 games, zero Uh-oh. goals, 18 assists.
0: Uh-oh. Well, Mark, I don't know. You can put 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 the money down on it right For now. Him For him to score against the Leafs. For him to score against the Leafs.
1: What's the most amount? I wonder what the most amount of points is a player has gone without scoring like, a point. I, a or sorry, sorry, a goal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Didn't
2: Voracek do like two goals and 50 assists a couple years ago? Last year. He did, sorry, six goals, 56 assists. Okay. Yeah. The problem is defensemen.
1: Defensemen do that. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that. that's a forward minus defensemen because yeah. that doesn't count. But.
0: That's I'm sure I can look that up, honestly. I'm going to... The record uh, for... Yeah. Most most up. points with zero but goals. That's a sneaky, tough little stretch this week. I don't know about that. I'll say... Okay, yeah. Sneaky yeah. tough. Sneaky it's not tough, tough but it's so. sneaky. I mean, this past week, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, Pittsburgh. I mean, those are three teams. I mean, I had the Canucks in the playoffs. I don't know why. Just They, they suck. <laughs> Um, the Penguins I didn't have in the playoffs. We sniffed out the Penguins in the Capitals, I think. Yeah. So I mean that that last week it was like, okay, should be able to do pretty well and they did all right. This week, I mean, the Devils are running hot right now. We had him them in the playoffs. The Sabres, I said they would be not in the playoffs, but they'd be up there kind of thing. And I mean, they're middling. They 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 were able to. They almost had a big comeback against the the Canucks tonight, and then the Islanders, another playoff team.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right.
0: And I mean, it's, if the Leafs get caught doing what they did at the beginning of the year, where that was cycling too much on the outside and they're not able to get into the inside, they will get ruined by the Islanders. Ruined. Yes, you're right. They'll so that's lose three
2: one. They'll lose three one. Yeah, so. that's a good point. The other thing I want to say that's kind of funny, and I know it's still early, so you can't really say this. For all the talk of the parity in the Atlantic division, the current top oh. four teams are Boston, Toronto, Florida, and Tampa.
0: In the Atlantic, yes.
2: It just, it's, it's just interesting. The, yeah,
1: we I think we talk, also talked about that earlier in the year in that uh, those bottom teams are like getting better, but none of them are there yet. Not
0: quite. I mean, Detroit's 7-5-3, and three, but I think they're regressing to the yeah. mean kind of. Buffalo um, is for sure. Philadelphia is fully regressing to the mean. I, don't I know think we're going to be trying. pretty close
2: with what our projected playoffs were in
0: in the East. Knock on one?
2: I really do. Other than your the Island, other Islanders, than your Senators, hmm? I knocked well,
0: them out. Oh, you did.
2: Yeah. Okay. For are,
0: the Islanders. For the Islanders.
1: Oh. So, I just looked it up. Cold. The most a player's ever, most points a player's ever gone without scoring. Uh in a season is like 17 guy played 35 games. No idea who it was in ninety, nineteen, ninety-five. 1995. Come on. Yeah. So I there, feel like there could be but,
2: more, a goal, a defenseman could have gone. More.
1: Oh, sorry. a, a forwards. A okay, forward. Okay, sorry. Okay. Sorry. I want, okay. I want to okay. clarify that. But, um, Henrik Sedin in 2017, 2018 scored three goals and
2: 47 assists. I remember that. Was so that he was he last year? Second last year yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, and then yeah. Ryan gets, I was going to say gets recently. Year. Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, three goals,
2: thirty four assists. So
0: he played last year. I can't. I can't, almost completely forgot
2: that fifty six games. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he's the most mystifying player. Where he had a shot where he could have scored honestly forty to fifty goals in a year. Yeah, and he just never shot.
0: Yeah, he also didn't skate very much too. No. <laughs> so he was just. Uh, He's kind of a. He was
2: really like Mitch Marner, but instead of like speed, he was big and strong. Yeah. Exactly. Very similar Six, like the way they want to set
0: people. Also, up. another guy where like if you compare junior stats to guys that went in the first round and guys that had very successful NHL careers, like, his were on the very, very, very lower low. end. Oh, yeah. Like, he went first round because he was big and strong. Yeah. And then like even his last two years in junior, they weren't anything that special. Yeah. And then ended up. Stanley Cup, pretty early on his career, and yeah, so kind of funny, but um, yeah. Any other points that we have for this episode? No, I think that's about I it. Think we're good. So, yeah, good to have Matt Murray back. Good to see Jordy Ben flourishing early on. Hopefully, hopefully he can kind of keep like that, but and hopefully we get TJ Brody back soon. So, big week coming up. Sneaky this is trap week we'll label this this is this is trap week this tra- I like that trap week trap week anyhow thanks everyone for listening
2: go leaves go